Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of Do You Want to Talk About Medicine? My name is Holly, and I'm currently a second-year veterinary medicine student. I primarily identify as Jewish. My mother's side is Sephardic, and my dad is Goy. <clears throat> and, you know, that's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> um, I just wanted to open up this platform to have some discussions about inclusivity in veterinary medicine, um, my, the minority experience, how the field has been adapting accordingly or failing to do so, and hopefully talk to some of my human med friends about the differences they see in their school as well and some of the obstacles they've had to overcome. I guess I want to get started with the most basic issue is that our conversation is so often around diversity. And lately, it's making me so frustrated that I find myself not even wanting to attend events or like getting this pit in my stomach before events that are labeled as diversity. Because I'm like, if you are really going to sit here and talk to me about diversity and simple numbers for an hour, I don't think you're in the place to be doing so. Let's talk about what diversity and inclusion really means, right? So I watched this really good TED Talk. I forget the person's name, sorry, but basically they said, you know, diversity can absolutely be mandated, but inclusion must be cultivated from the culture, right? Like diversity is just a numbers game and we can do whatever we want with diversity. Like realistically, you can set goals. We're going to have 50% minorities and 50%, you know, WASP cisgendered white people whatever and you can do that in the pinch of your fingers but that doesn't mean anything about how minorities are treated still and that's the huge issue in vet med because we're so 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 white that it's going to take so long to change the culture if we just start with diversity right but even so diversity and having those numbers doesn't really help especially for jewish people like jews if I say the word Columbia, you know, we're, we're so scared. Columbia University. It is the most anti-Semitic campus in the U.S. It's a terrifying place to be Jewish. And you must think, oh, like, if we're talking about diversity, as, as most people do, you'd be like, oh, we need to, like, boost the Jewish community there. We need to, you know, throw in some more Hillel's, Chabad's, um, just, like, boost the numbers so they have a community. And then you look at the numbers, and it's 27% Jewish. That's insane. One in three, almost one in three are Jewish and the most anti-Semitic place. So what are those numbers doing for us? Absolutely nothing, you know. Is it supposed to be comforting to have to, you know, watch your friend, your Jewish friend, be harassed alongside with you? Like, I don't understand what those numbers are supposed to do. And I think going along with that, we too often neglect the importance of the current workforce and those already in the industry um, when we're talking about these initiatives. Oftentimes, it's all about admissions and about academia, but that's such a small, small portion of who's going to be in the community um, compared to who's already in it, right? And so we really have to focus on Disincentives instead of incentives. So, what do I mean by that? Most of the time, 
people are given an award or given some kind of, you know, monetary value or they're given their, you know, picture in the AVMA news or something because they reach these diversity goals and, you know, hooray, look at this person, they're so awesome. So what happens when you don't? I oftentimes want to say a slap on the wrist, but it's not even that. It is literally nothing. Nothing happens at all because diversity and inclusion aren't seen as like part of the job requirement, even though it absolutely is, especially within academia. And so, you know, we see no consequences for not reaching um, your goals and for even partaking in racism, bigotry, and prejudice how often are people, you know, thrown out of their job or thrown out of academia? Like how many HR complaints, how many social media um, viral things have to happen before someone will get kicked out? It seems like it doesn't matter if there's 1,000 small events as long as there isn't one big one that goes on the news, you know? Like, and that's the issue that we see um, currently within academia. And we're talking about how the workforce is so important, that's because these people, you know, went to school, I don't know, 20 to literally 60 years ago, and they're the ones in charge now, and how different was the culture then? You know, we think about civil rights and progressivism in the U.S., think about how different it was then, and how, you know, if we're thinking about how we can change the workforce, what pressures have been put on these people to change it since 60 years ago? Nothing, because there's no dissentives to being a bigot in veterinary medicine. It's true. And it's almost like a lot of times I hear um, veterinarians say that if there's an issue um, with, you know, prejudice or bigotry where you're working, like get up and leave, like you don't need to deal with that. But then what happens is just cultivates a mini community for the more racist and prejudiced people to work there. You're not changing the community. We're just like moving around, you know. So it's just really, it's really a hard position to be in. And it's hard for, um, it's hard to get the workforce and even academia to care because the other issue we see is that even when we have incentives, um, they're based off of statistics, right? And oftentimes those are solely race and ethnicity, Like, I used to do research, um, and we were doing on race and ethnicity through, like, NSF. And so we had to go by the standards of diversity that NSF had. And what was that? Like, that was just racial. But what else exists? You know, obviously, like, sexuality, um, gender identity, socioeconomic status, nationality, um, even, like, your growing up, your upbringing, what kind of school you went to, your religion. All those things are forms of diversity, and we don't value those at all within vet med and I think the reason is because like I said we're an incentive-based system and there's no incentives for those kinds of things so it's just I don't know how to change it I think the first step that we can do right now that's free is hold people accountable and I know a lot of people who've had really horrible experience being um people of color or gay people or you know obviously being Jewish I've had a lot of issues Muslim people I know people of all those categories who've had a really hard time in vet med and what happens when we come forward 
absolutely nothing, not even a slap on the wrist. And that isn't a big fancy program or initiative we have to start right now. It's literally just doing your job. Like, please do your job. And when you're not doing your job, be held accountable. Like, you know, we have surgeons who say they kill 25% of their patients, right? I would hope that someone would come up up to them and say, you're a surgeon. It doesn't seem like you're doing your job as a surgeon. Maybe you should leave and you can learn some things. And if you're then able to be adequate at your job, you may return. But if anyone in academia or in administration or professor isn't doing their job as being prejudiced or, you know, racist or a lot of (laughs) issues... And they're reported again and again and again. Nothing happens. And it's literally their job, right? Like, why is that? It's it's really hard to hear. And it's really hard to want to continue pushing forward when it seems like you're doing everything you can and it's exhausting if you're part if you're a part of the minority group and you're trying to advocate for yourself and you're advocating and you're pushing and you're fighting and you're reporting and you're doing everything and nothing happens and then it's like as soon as I also hear a lot that um people in um like students right now in vet med they're saying we're working so hard to do this and this and we're holding them accountable and I'm watching this person, this professor, and I really want to make a difference, but I'm scared that as soon as I move on to clinics, it's all going to change because they don't feel that constant threat anymore. And I 100% feel that. It seems like a lot of it is always just for show and it's for, um, you know, they see one person who likes to actually do something about inclusion at the school. And so they'll try to not step on their toes. But then once that person leaves, it seems like they revert everything back to how it used to be. So yeah, I guess that's my little spiel for the day. I have no idea for plans about like how often this is going to happen or anything. But you know, if you want to come chat with me um, and talk about some of these issues, especially if you're another, another minority student, hit me up. And yeah, thanks for watching.